dude. Come on. You you have got you have got to be on cloud nine right now, right, Josh? This is this has got to be cloud nine for you. You're going back to the Super Bowl, baby. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm in good spirits today. I, I'm good. My my heart is very full this morning. Should be, man. Uh, I was I was saying this last night on on the national show is the thing that is incredible to me is how everyone wants to try to find some sort of agenda when in the end we're we're watching the greatest quarterback maybe ever work. I mean, think about that. I get it. Brady's got more rings right now. Uh, you have Joe Montana and the Niners. If you want to, you know, go back a ways. If, if we're having a goat conversation, I guess, I mean, it's really Brady, right? But, I mean, he, here's Patrick Mahomes' first years as the starting quarterback of the Chiefs. Here we go. AFC Championship game, Super Bowl with a win, Super Bowl, AFC Championship game, Super Bowl. And he was playing on essentially one leg. I am the ultimate Raiders fan. I've almost sold myself on not being mad anymore about the whole Derek Carr mess. And yet, Josh Helmer, I can't help but sit there and just be in awe of it. It's it's incredible. It doesn't – listen, Joseph Asai made a stupid play. Mm-hmm. Who is to say if they go to overtime that Kansas City still doesn't win the game? Because I'm sorry – Cincinnati wasn't necessarily doing a lot of great things in stopping them uh, late in that game. So, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm pretty much on cloud nine right now whenever it comes to, whenever it comes to how you should feel. It, it really was a great game, too. A- after the dud that was the NFC oh, Championship yeah. game, you know, football fans wanted to see something like that. And the AFC Championship, man – uh, it delivered. It delivered in a big way. It was dramatic. And, you know, it's kind of fitting that after after Mahomes had that just baffling fumble, right? You know, and the more I've thought about that play, mm-hmm. I, I, my initial reaction to the fumble was this. Man, if Mahomes is healthy, there's no way that happens. And yet, you know what? The more I've thought about it, it does happen. That's Kansas City Chiefs football. That fumble <laughs> right there. I, I there has never been a team, maybe ever, that has been this great that makes that many plays like that and yet finds ways to win. So it was fitting that you made that big of a boneheaded mistake when you're driving to go up two scores and then you're hurt and you're quote-unquote playing one-legged and he runs for runs for the play that gets them into field goal range. And, oh, by the way, it's a Bengals mistake equal to the Mahomes mistake that ultimately sends Kansas City to the Super Bowl. So I thought I thought each of those pieces of it were sort of fitting. So, Josh, we got a lot to get to from this game. A lot to get to. We're just getting started on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. But listen, uh, we're at Cavens today because we are uh, very much in a in a weather situation. So right off the top, Gary Cavens joins us. And a lot of things can go wrong here, Gary. So I don't mean with our conversation. Good morning, by the way. <laughs> Good morning. Good I just morning. mean with your home or your business right now. So uh, I see you're already geared up. You're walking out the door. What do people need to be keeping an eye on here today? And how can Cavens help them? 
Okay, so we're, we're, we're ready, and we have teams on standby, and they'll be on standby the next several days as we go through this freeze. Um, we have uh, salt trucks and snow plows. We don't really need snow plows for ice, but we have salt trucks right. with salters. Uh, so if your business needs to be salted and treated for the ice, uh, you can give us a call. Uh, the big thing that we're here and ready to help for mm -hmm. is uh, emergency water extraction. you got broken pipes. you got water flooding your business or your home. Give us a call. We have several water extraction teams and structural drying teams on standby to come out there and help you get through this. Um, our teams are highly trained. They go through a regular uh, training program, um, and they, they understand things, how, how to dry things and how to get the water out and how to take care of the customers. It's uh, uh, what we train them on daily, and we uh, work on this every day. Uh, and, and then real quick, uh, Josh said this literally when I put on probably one of those days where if you don't have to get out, probably a good idea not to get out. But if you do, you know, we're going to get freezing temps, so drip those pipes. And if you don't, you're or, or if you happen to have an emergency, you're here to help. That's right. We have teams ready to help, like I said. And, yeah, drip those pipes. Keep the heat on in your pro on your property, your business, your home. Um, if you have a property that's vacant, let's get the, you, you know, get the heat on in there to help prevent pipe breaks. Uh, the big thing, though, is if you do have a pipe break and you do have flooding, you need to call us as quickly as possible because the faster we can respond, the less damage you're going to have, um, especially when you're a business. Um, you know, you want to be up and running as quickly as possible. So the faster you respond to that, uh, a business, a church, uh, a bank, uh, a grocery store, um, any kind of uh, business out there, we can respond and help you. We have the largest amount of equipment in Oklahoma, and we have multiple trucks on standby ready to go. Thanks, Gary. Good Thank luck you. out there, buddy. Thank you. All right, so be smart. Uh, Josh, We as we sat here right when the show started, it started – the term used to be thunder snow, but I think what, like a little thunder ice that we got there just for a, a brief little splash? Is that a fair way to put it? A little thunder ice? Thunder Ice. I feel like that's a band's name. It does sound um, like uh, it sounds like uh, you know, not not the greatest uh, venue band, but yes, it sounds like a band's name. Ladies and gentlemen, performing their recent hit, Slick Love. Here's Thunder Eyes. <laughs> Dude, I'm so happy for you. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, welcome to the Plank Show on a Monday. I know what you're saying. It's like, shut up, Plank. You're a Raiders fan. You're angry. You're bitter. You're PO'd. And part of that is true. But in the same vein, I'm watching the Chiefs, and I see Creed Humphrey. And here's a guy that I think every Sooner fan fell in love with, right? Ultimate Oklahoma guy. You know, small, small school, small town. Well, I mean – Small in in the terms of the world. I mean, in Oklahoma, what? Uh, it, where? Gosh, I guess I do. I need to even go back and see where where Creed's hometown ranks in Oklahoma, uh, because I, I mean, a Shawnee. Where is that? Where is that up there as far as geography in Oklahoma? Is it the fourth largest city in Oklahoma? Maybe the fifth. Anyway, uh, from a small town. Right, who always wanted to play for the Sooners and didn't get that offer for a while. And all of a sudden when he got it, there was a little bit of, is he coming, is he not? Then he gets here and kind of sits for a while. And the next thing you know, he's a starting center, and he was the best center maybe that we've ever seen in the history of the University of Oklahoma. And now here he goes in the National Football League, and all he's known in his career is Super Bowls and AFC championships. Uh, James Winchester, you want to talk about small-town Oklahoma. 
I mean, here is a guy from from Washington. Now, that's my hometown now, so you guys probably hear more about Washington than you ever could have imagined or you ever wanted to. I say my hometown, it's where I live. Um, but here is a dude that didn't play much in college outside of special teams. Uh, and then, lo and behold, in the NFL, he becomes one of the best long snappers, period, and has had a career now that has spanned uh, – Gosh, what was his first year? 2012? So over a decade, um, and all of them with Kansas City? So that's a pretty incredible story. How about Orlando Brown Jr.? You know, think about just his story from whenever he came to Oklahoma and what, he was committed to Tennessee, and then they dropped the offer, and, you know, understanding the tragedy of his dad and how he lost his life, and then Orlando struggled, and then, had an incredible year. They won the damn Joe Moore Award. And then he graduates and goes to the Combine, lays an egg, and everybody's clowning him. And now he's become one of the best tackles in the game. Uh, and throw Blake Bell in that mix, too, even though somehow he was inactive yesterday, which was weird, right? Um, but it's a pretty incredible story from just the Oklahoma ties on the Kansas City Chiefs. So while you might say, oh, Plank, this has got to be killing you, sure, but in the same vein, not like I thought it would. Right? I, it's not like I was sitting there going, come on, Joe Burrow, get this done. No, no, no. I, was, I wasn't like standing on my couch and pumping my fist, but my youngest daughter hates the Bengals somehow. I don't know how this happened, Josh, but she hates the Bengals. So I'm there rooting to see Kansas City get it done, and by God, for the third time in the last four years, they're off to the Super Bowl. And they did it in a year where, you know, sometimes you hear, like Georgia, right? When Georgia, nobody said we could do it. We're like, Literally, dude, everybody was picking you to play at the very right. least in the four-team playoff. Kansas City was a team that a lot of people doubted, right? Moving on from Tyreek Hill, a lot of young guns and wide receiver. Throw into it, your quarterback gets hurt and isn't 100%. So, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people felt like they would still win the West, but not an overwhelming majority, right? Because everyone loves Justin Herbert. But, yeah, no, whenever Patrick Mahomes said, hey, you know, no one was really picking us, he's not wrong. This isn't just some sort of self-created motivation. There was a lot of people that doubted this team, and in the end they proved them wrong again. They did, yeah. They held their serve uh, at Kansas City, and after having been denied by this team, they got the monkey off the back. Couldn't beat these guys, and very nearly did everything they could to not beat those guys again. The uh, And, you know, Burrow, just uh, his ability. What a story. Just his ability, man, on that fourth down, just – yeah, he chucks it up, and it's double coverage, but puts it where his guy can go make a play. So he uh, he's a tough out, and he's going to continue to be a tough out. I, it's You know, the fascinating thing in the AFC is going to be, can Herbert, who was not very healthy this season, can he crack that, that trio, right? Where does Lamar Jackson fit into that? Is he back in Baltimore? What does that look like going forward? And then is it going to be Mahomes that just does this more years than that? I have to believe that Josh Allen and Burrow are going to get him a couple of times here and there. Burrow already has obviously once. So sure. this is we're getting this again. This is two years in a row we've had this, and it's not going anywhere. I don't think between between Mahomes and Burrow. And probably you're going to have Allen and some of these other guys in the mix as well. So the AFC, is, sure. in terms of quarterbacks, it's, it's just stocked up. So on the other side of it then, while we'll sit here because you're a diehard, lifelong Chiefs fan, the other side of it is is pretty cool too, right, with the Eagles stories. 
you know, Lane Lane Johnson is playing with a freaking torn groin. Uh, I'm sorry. What is it? It's not a groin. My apologies. It's a it's a shoulder, right? What does what does Lane now? I'm, now I'm sounding like an idiot because I felt so confident that it was a groin, and I know that it's not. Um, but Lane Johnson is playing through a freaking injury that would have most people out, and they wouldn't be playing. Um, and yet he's helping lead the Eagles to the Super Bowl, and they're doing so with a quarterback that I guess will now in, we're now in a fight to figure out whether or not. We're we're claiming him or yeah I was right a torn abductor in his groin look at me Josh mm-hmm. every, every every now and then I what what is it a blind squirrel gets a nut look at me but uh, you got a quarterback who we have these stupid battles online about <laughs> can Oklahoma claim him or can Alabama which is just dumb and by the way I am very aware that my joke I made was made by eight thousand people on Twitter so thank you to the smarmy ones who wanted to point that out to me but. <laughs> I, I I think I saw Josh Calloway's tweet. If if you include Tyrese Robinson and Kennedy Brooks, who are on the practice squad for for both of these teams, what is it like ten Oklahoma Sooners? A ton who who will have a chance to win a, a, a who's going to have a chance to win a Super Bowl ring? That's incredible. That's incredible, man. So it adds to the story. It makes it a little bit more fun for us. And uh, obviously, I think we have a lot of listeners that are Chief fans. Um, I, I have found out that we have a lot of guys who are Eagle fans that listen to this show. And then even, you know, just as diehard college football fans. Uh, my buddy Robbie Trion, or my buddy Robbie DeRossett. I have too many Robbies. My I don't, buddy I don't Robbie know you can call Robbie Triano a buddy, right? He's, he's Right. No, he's the, the Robbie Trolano. Uh, but, yeah, you got – Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, Grant Calcaterra, Trey Sermon, whom we had missed last week, Orlando Brown, Creed Humphrey, James West uh, Winchester, Blake Bell, and then you had Tyrese Robinson and Kennedy Brooks, who are on practice squads or have a future project, that you got ten guys that wore the crimson and cream that have a chance to win a Super Bowl ring this weekend. It's pretty freaking incredible. That's man. a pretty incredible wealth of riches. I don't want to make the the show about this this morning because obviously we've got a huge win for Oklahoma. Oh, we're getting into Alabama. It next. Don't you worry. LNC was amazing this weekend. Uh, probably you know that if you, even if you were just watching along on TV, but if you were there, you definitely know that too. But just because I was listening to you and Arnie last night. Look, oh, the, the Chiefs are the most hated. It's not even close. There, you think no, so now? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I don't even think there's anybody in discussion for most hated okay. beyond Kansas City. Do you? Um, I just – I have every reason to hate the Chiefs. They've ruined my my middle age, right? And they, they really have. As a Raiders fan, they've ruined it. But I'm kind of in awe of it, to be honest with you. Let, let, okay, yes, I agree. So that that's why I give that disclaimer. It's hard for me because I I view Mahomes as likable, and uh, I think Kelsey kind of ruins it. To be honest with you, it's like, did you know that his brother plays for the Eagles? Did you hear that? And that they're going to be playing each other in the Super Bowl? Um, did you I know that Kelsey, Andy Reid used to coach Philadelphia? I, I, I had I'm just hearing this for the first time, <laughs> but and I find Andy Reid incredibly likable too. Um. So whenever people are like, oh, the Chiefs are the most hated team, I'm like, this is a, an amazing st- – if you step back and you take, like, all of um, 
that's a term I'm trying to, to to look for here. All these triggering things like the late hit or Mahomes' voice or Travis Kelsey. At its core, Josh, and even with Travis Kelsey, I don't have to tell you this. This whole team is incredibly likable. Their quarterback was a guy that didn't have a lot of success at Texas Tech, and everyone thought he was going to be a turnover machine. Their head coach was fired by a place that he had mm-hmm. – you know, taken to the Super Bowl, and he was viewed kind of as a, as a bit of a, I don't want to say a joke, but time management yeah, jokes were always a, a oh, get Andy there, Reed. but a get there, but don't get it done kind of guy. And yes, the the butt of the joke for the time management stuff. No exactly. Doubt. Um, it's a franchise that, I mean, had been mired in not just mediocrity for a while. Josh, I mean, Tragedy. you're talking names like, yeah, Bill Kinney. Um, uh, I'm trying to think about it. Brady Quinn. They had a lot of bad quarterbacks. You mentioned the tragedy. You know, the uh, was it Javon Belcher? Was yeah. that the situation mm-hmm. in the parking lot? Uh, Marcus, oh gosh, who was there? Joe Delaney. You know, there had been just terrible stories surrounding this franchise. Horrible stories. And yet here we are in 2023 and with Patrick Mahomes, they've become the standard. I think, I think part of what makes them a little bit, and you're, and you're not like this, some of their fans are a little bit much. I'm looking at you, Andrew Shepard. Um, <laughs> Chiefs, same- Chiefs fans, there's no doubt. And <laughs> but, but so are Raiders fans. So are Eagles fans. For every that fan base that's winning is this way. And I know that folks are going to point, yeah, but Chiefs fans are a little different. It's okay, I got you. But and, and Chiefs fans are not great, okay? They're just living <laughs> it up right now. They're obnoxious right, they should. and they're living it up. But but every fan base, if they were in this situation, would be like that. So do you want to put this to a poll? Do you, you want to vote on this today? I think it's got to be. Or do you be, want to save it till later? It's probably Dallas and Kansas City, right? Do you throw New okay. England in still or no? I mean, they've kind of lost okay. that status now, right? Can, can, can you put four teams? Help, help us out with this. Let's workshop this as a family here before we take our first time out. If you were to put up to a vote of our – I don't know what the total number, if we put ours and the, and the refs and whoever else wants to retweet it, uh, Twitter followers on it, you would put, for the sake of this debate, of the most hated teams today in the national football, today, the most hated team today in the NFL. Not all time, not, you know, two years ago, right today. now, today. Kansas City, Dallas, do you throw Philadelphia in there? You know, Arnie did, and if they if they win the Super Bowl over Kansas City, guess what? They're going to have two in the last however many years, so I, I guess so. I don't view them in that light, but maybe others do. But And have has the three-year disappearance by the New England Patriots eliminated this from this conversation? That's like you brought because, I mean, you even go back to the year after Brady won the Super Bowl, New England was number one with a bullet, right? But I think it's uh, – I think it's an interesting conversation. I think it is. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll throw the poll up. You guys help me figure out at 405-651-3439 or on Twitter. If you're putting four teams up for a vote, Kansas City, Dallas, is, is Philadelphia in there? Is New England? Or do you just base, basically narrow it down to Kansas City and Dallas right now? Probably. I mean, is there a team that's, that's even more hated than those two as a whole right now. And and I'll admit to you, I think a majority of the hatred with Kansas City is either Travis Kelsey or or just the fact that you're jealous and you're envious of what they're doing. And, you know, I mentioned Kelsey a lot, Josh, but 
I mean, it's not like he was some first-round pick that's coming out of Alabama, right? He is a, a great story of an underdog who's taken a little bit later in the draft that not many people thought that highly of, and he's made a great career for himself. So congrats to the Chiefs and the Eagles. We're headed to a Super Bowl matching up the two best teams in the NFL. Are they the two most hated teams in the NFL? We'll debate as the show rolls on. But when we come back from Cavens on a Monday, Josh, let's get after it with a little Porter Moser after the big win for the Sooners on Saturday. This is The Ref. Incredible performance by this Oklahoma basketball team today. Win column, Sooners. Game over. Final score, Oklahoma 93 and number two, Alabama 69. You know, obviously when you when you lose like that, you hear all kind of stuff outside, noise, and um, to come back, we took a, a well-deserved day off, got away from it, and came back and just moved on. You asked me what my message was, I think, yesterday, and I'm like, we got to move on. It was uncharacteristic of us uh, with the fight, and, uh, and uh, just really happy for the guys to how and show the resilience. I think they were sick of me every game going, man, we're right there, let's go. And uh, I thought they played the right way. I thought they really played hard. I thought the crowd was unbelievable. Um, I sat there when the crowd rushed the floor. You know, my younger self might have ran out in the middle of it. And uh, I just sat there and just said, I mean, this is the vision. Like uh, this kind of excitement with the student body, I thought they were awesome. They were there early. Best crowd I've had since I've been here. And uh, I thought I uh, was just really happy for the guys to bounce back from that to do this. That's, that's character, that's resiliency, that's togetherness. There you go, Porter Moser post-game as we welcome you back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Josh, you were there. You were there. You were in attendance on Saturday. How crazy, how awesome was the atmosphere? Four for 40. What a bargain, baby. It was a sensational atmosphere. I, I don't even know, probably a Kansas game in recent memory or Bedlam or Texas that I'm not thinking of, but uh, I, I can't remember a better environment in recent memory in my time since uh, I've been in the state of Oklahoma since dating back to 2010. I can't think of a better game than that one from an environment standpoint. Right. It was It was one of those, it was just special to be there in the LNC, and I'm not going to get on this big, hey, you, you got to buy tickets, we need you there thing today, but sure. I do hope for those that that went, it gives you that little bit of encouragement of, you know what, this was this was very fun. I want to come back. I hope it gave you what we always talk about, Plank, that Disney experience. <laughs> That's right. That's, and by the way, just so we're clear, that doesn't mean uh, princesses, fairy tales, no. and – it's just that it's being used as an adjective, right? In other words, something magical that makes you want to come back. And, you know, for for me, um, I I was in that position to where I wasn't there, right? And I, and I was hating myself because we were going to, by the way. Uh, I was hating myself because we didn't. And the reason why is because of what everyone had created around it. And I could not get enough of listening to it. Um, and it's just, it's kind of wild, right, if you if you really step back. Because there was a part of me that kept waiting for things to kind of go south, right? Because we've right. seen Oklahoma be there before, and they just kept hitting shots. And they just kept making plays. And they just, 
the crowd just never let up. And it was, I don't know, Josh, it was special. I mean, I, I can't think of any other way or, or phrase to use, but it was just, it was a special day that you hope for everyone that was there that it makes them want to come back. For everyone who wasn't there, it tells them, oh, man, I want to, I want to make sure I don't miss anything like that ever again. I'm going to make sure that I am there because not every game is going to be a court storming. Not every game is going to be a 30-point win. But uh, for a team that a lot of people had counted out and clowned um, after what had happened on, on Tuesday, and understandably so, I mean, in the end, they found a way. And that was just – that was incredible to watch. It really was. It felt like – and. I've seen this discussion a lot over the weekend, Plank. The question was asked, biggest OU win since? And a bunch of folks have said, and I'm not here to argue it. I think it's a fair point. Biggest win for Oklahoma since they beat Oregon to go to the Final Four. Now, on that portion of the discussion, what you do now going forward is going to make or break this win's importance, right? This this win yeah. loses a lot of its importance if all of, our, all of a sudden you turn around and lose Bedlam again and get swept in that game or don't go to Morgantown and win and don't get an NCAA tournament win. But it's the game after that that this game made me think of, Plank, the final four game versus Villanova. It was even, even that little like midway moment through the first half where Alabama, I think, close to 13-10, and it felt like, oh, man, they just got athletes, and I don't know how you're going to keep these guys off the glass. Like you said, Oklahoma just kept hitting shots, and it was the opposite of that Villanova game. Plank, it started with Jalen Hill having that Dirk Nowitzki step-back shot. I mean, it, it just the <laughs> shots that Oklahoma was hitting in this game, it was unbelievable the way they shot the basketball. Yeah, uh, and in fact, it's funny that you mentioned that because that was one of those where when he did, I was like, "What?" And then all of a sudden, you're like, "Okay, all right, let's let's go. This is uh, this is gonna be that kind of day." Uh, one more here, real quick, from Porter before we move on. You mentioned Grant Sherfield and the day that he had. This had, you know, I was thinking a lot about our conversation that we had with Porter on Friday when I asked about Grant. I said, "Hey, is." I mean, do you have to talk to him? Is it, or do we just have to accept that? Hey, it's you. You, you got to rest him more, or it's going to be tougher. And he's like, no, it's just we got to keep grinding with him. And and for for that, it, it it panned out and it played out on Saturday, where it, in a game that featured a guy who was going number two in the NBA draft this year, Grant Sherfield, um, and Jalen Hill might have been the two best players on the court. Here's Porter on Grant. I saw, you know, his, uh, uh, a bounce in his step. You know, he, it's just his he, – he, he was playing with joy, you know, and, and uh, he had a pace to him. Um, he was playing both ends. He was trying to – you know, he just, he just had a – you know, playing through either – playing through mistakes even, you know. And, um, but when he – you can't play this game tight and sad. And, and he, had a, he had a great bounce to himself. And uh, that's what I saw from the beginning. Uh, and we mentioned Jalen Hill, that term, uh, warrior effort. Yeah, I mean, Jalen had 26, but I think the first thing we should talk about is that kid needs to be on the watch list for the National Defensive Player of the Year. If he's not on the watch list for National Defensive Player of the Year, people don't – they're not watching. This kid's unbelievable defensively, and I hope you all tell that story nationally because what he does night in, night out, the guys he guards, 
I mean, he's guarding lottery picks, and, and he is resilient. He's playing a lot of minutes. And then for him to have that defensive effort and have 26 points as well, I mean, what a, what a performance by Jalen. There you go. A little Porter Moser postgame. Someone had uh, – our, our, our resident basketball expert on, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, who's been quiet today, I'm a little bit disappointed, but – and said – it's clear that the best player on this team is Jalen Hills. Time for him to start looking like it. All right, time for I don't. I think he was pointing the finger at Porter, and they got to get him more involved. Well, <laughs> how about that? Pretty damn impressive. I just, you're right, Josh. There is this certain sense of uh, of that's awesome. But college basketball, you know, you don't get a week to marinate in a win, no. right? College basketball, you basically get. You know, less than 24 hours because immediately you turn around and you start preparing for Oklahoma State because this this win quickly evaporates if you followed up with a with a dud on Wednesday night, right? You have to back it up. You, you've got to back it up. If not twice, definitely in Bedlam. I mean, is it fathomable? Is it possible that Oklahoma gets an NCAA tournament bid minus a Bedlam win? This week, yeah, it is because what you've got Kansas, TCU, K State all coming to the LNC. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities for huge quadrant one wins. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities left, right? But realistically, you start breaking down okay, what does Oklahoma like? What's a number OU needs to get to both in league play and overall to get to the dance? You can't give this one up at home. No, you can't. And, and by the way. Uh, you started to see on Saturday ESPN's implementation of bracketology kind of nonstop, right? This is where Joe um, Lenardi goes into the – he goes into the bunker and you, you start seeing more and more updates. The win for Oklahoma moved them up at least a spot in his most recent update – uh, they're not quite yet in the first four out, but they're the second team in the next four out. Hold on, is that updated? Well, you know what? That hasn't been updated. My it, apologies. It, it can't be because, I mean, I yeah. would think that Alabama win alone. I apologize. You know, that Alabama win is – it's got to get them at least into the first four out from the next four out. There, there's no way it doesn't jump you that much. Um, let's see here. We're, we got a couple of updates what was Lenardi? Here was Lenardi's most recent update. He hasn't gone on the full. I mean, that's that had to push him back into the tournament, right? I would say. So, oh, okay. It moved them into one of the last four in. There we go. I was like, holy smokes, there's no way. So, Oklahoma joins a group that now includes Kentucky after it's lost. Kentucky moves from one of the last four buys to one of the last four in. West Virginia by virtue of its win, moves from one of the last four in to one of the last four buys. Oklahoma, by virtue of its win, Josh, moves from one of the next four out to one of the last four in, and you got a boatload of teams that went south this weekend, like Wisconsin, Arizona State, Ohio State, and Florida. And even though Oklahoma State won, Oklahoma State dipped from one of the uh, first four out to one of the next four out. So... Update Oklahoma now in the tournament. Not safely yet, but in the tournament. What does that put the – is that eight bids that he's got the Big 12 at right now? 
Um, yes, it is. He oh has the my. Big 12 at eight bids oh right now. Oh, my gosh. And that's not going to happen. But seven, seven, I think, is pretty realistic for the Big 12, right? Eight is probably a bridge too far. But seven, eh, seven's probably going to happen. I, I literally, the, the Big 12 went seven and three in the SEC showdown this weekend, right? That's pretty good. But, I mean, even in their three losses, I'm sitting there wondering, how the heck did that happen? Like, what? What the heck is wrong with you, Iowa State, playing like that on the road against an okay Missouri team who seems to be a much different team at home than they are on the road? TC, what the heck was that, right? The only team where I'm kind of like, all right, I, I can accept your loss is Texas, and they didn't play all that well either. I mean, Texas Texas got just stomped out of the gates. They were down almost, what, 15, 12 at the half, whatever it was, and were never able to recover. Texas looked like Alabama. On the road against Tennessee. Plank. But, oh. If you think that sports are normal, I give you TCU's last three games. Oh, go ahead. Are you kidding me? They go into the fog. They absolutely eviscerate Kansas. Okay, nobody does that. 83-60. They blast Oklahoma 79-52. They inexplicably lose to Mississippi State. It just, I, I don't know, sports. I know Mike Miles got hurt, but again, it's just – it's wild, man. Sports makes no sense. All right, uh, it's 941. We'll take a timeout. When we come back uh, – wait, have we taken our bottom of the hour break yet? We need to. Okay, quick break. We'll come back with your text next on The Ref. Do you know what we could have a poll for this weekend, Josh? Is who had the best weekend? Was it – Oklahoma Sooner basketball? Was it the Kansas City Chiefs? Was it the Philadelphia Eagles? Or was it Tattoo Baker? It's Oh, Did, please, are you kidding me? It's not even close. Slam dunk it was Tattoo Baker. What a vic what a victory lap for <laughs> Tattoo Baker. Wow. He got another one, folks. I hope he realizes the love that he gets on this show. I hope him and Stoops bros realize how big of fans that we are. Um, I was cracking up because as soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw it, I said to myself, oh, my God, people are going to fall for this. Like, literally, I almost I almost retweeted. But then again, you, everyone is so literal anymore that I didn't know if I retweeted it and said, wow, look at that form, almost would think that Stetson wore number six, right? And I, and I didn't know if anyone would truly get it. So I just – I'm not going to lie. Um, I just kind of sat back and watched it build up. And he got so – I don't know if I've ever seen more. It's literally – it's like a seven-year-old video. Everyone saw it. Everyone made fun of it at the time that it came out. And I guess this morning – even after, even at Twitter had to put a thing on the tweet to basically say, "Yeah, this was hey, Baker Mayfield." Uh, this is Baker Mayfield, and, and so for, it, those, for those that don't know what we're talking about, to provide context, go ahead. This, Stetson Bennett, the Georgia two-time national championship-winning quarterback, was of course arrested for a misdemeanor public intoxication charge this weekend. In Dallas, okay? And Tattoo Baker sent the video out of Baker Mayfield getting tackled, getting arrested, and he said, oh, it's Stetson Bennett. And 
You you can't believe it. Paul Feinbaum. Feinbaum went on the radio playing convinced it. that this was Stetson Bennett. I mean <laughs> and this is by no means a knock. You would think that you might look a little bit more in depth whenever it says the dude's Twitter handle is Tattoo Baker. <laughs> right. This is not a, with all peace and love, Tattoo Baker. This is not a news source here. <laughs> I I saw that and immediately right away I I knew if I had his number, I would have texted him like, ooh, that's a good one. I think if, if however many views that tweet has, I think I might have been number one because I just happened to scroll whenever it popped up. Boom. Video has emerged of Stetson Bennett's arrest. <laughs> well done. Well, but hey, listen, we are getting a few submissions here for a team that we didn't mention, Josh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line for our most hated team in the NFL poll that we're going to put up starting in the 10 o'clock hour. Um Carl writes, no doubt that Kansas City is disliked because of their success and the jealousy of Mahomes, but the smug sarcasm and outright cockiness of the Bengals are moving them up the list fast. Here's one thing I would say about Cincinnati. I I don't know when the mayor's video came out. I think that was, what, Friday afternoon? It's like as soon as that came out, I was like, you know, you lost the Super Bowl last year, right? I mean, Cincinnati was acting like the team that already had a Super Bowl ring. And they may get one, right? I mean, it's a pretty good roster. They've got a lot of work to do on their offensive line still, which seems like a consistent theme. Um, Mixon and Pirine, incredible, right? Backfield at OU in 2015. And here they are out getting it done in the National Football League. But, I mean, gosh, Josh. That is a cocky, cocky group. And some people love it, but at the same vein, it's it makes them very hateable. Someone threw the Browns. I think the Browns are, are hated in, in Oklahoma because of how they treated Baker. I don't know, Josh, if the Browns are universal. Are they for this no, list? No, 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 no. I mean, no. nationally, I think, well, the, the you know Deshaun Watson thing does not make them very likable either. Yeah. But generally speaking, I think people look at, the Browns would say, you know, downtrodden franchise hasn't won. But here locally, yeah, n- not not liked uh, at all. The Cincinnati mayor thing, I, I kind of dig. Oh. I kind of dig folks, you know, having fun with it. But I certainly right. understand as a Cincinnati fan, and if I'm one of the, the Bengals coaches or players, I'm like, dude, why? Dude, why, why did you have to do this? And, and you, as a wrestling fan, Plank, I know that oh probably gosh. you're not, not the biggest Kelsey fan, but – you gotta admit, man, Kelsey on the dais last night—it was—it was, it was awesome. wrestling worthy. The smackback. It was wrestling. It was all rock. It was basically he was doing what Dwayne the Rock Johnson does. Calling and jabroni is a word we don't use enough. Uh, the only thing did he say anything? Did he say take his candy a? Did he, I don't remember if he dropped that now because literally every time I turned on the TV, Travis Kelsey was talking smack. <laughs> if it was behind Patrick Mahomes, if it was on the podium, if it was in the post game, but Cincinnati moving up that list. In fact, that's what Sooner Todd said. As a Steelers fan, I'm so happy the Chiefs won. I just like the Bengals more than any other team, dirtiest team in America. Wow. I don't think. That, and I mean, Cody. I don't think that's a national consensus though. I don't either, but I like it. And our man Cody Allen writes, it's got to be the Chiefs, the Cowboys, with the Packers and the Niners. 
I thought about the Niners. If if they had better quarterback play this last little bit, they might be the most hated of them all, Plank. If the 49ers had good quarterback play yesterday, they'd probably win that game. I mean, that was that was a stinker for two and a half quarters. Both teams. Uh, all right, we'll continue to workshop this when we come back. When we come back. Uh, let's get into the uh, – well, more. Th- these texts are so good. Coming in fast and furious. We'll dive into it next right here on The Wrap. Wow. Happy 93rd birthday to one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time, Josh. Happy 93rd birthday to Gene Hackman who was the legend in oh gosh why did i why did i forget his name coach norman um i'm trying to scroll this has been a bad day for my memory here on the plank show so far today in hoosiers we're not going to the top of the hour until i remember his freaking last name in hoosiers coach norman hoosiers with norman dale that was close that was close Gene Hackman, 92 years old today. Or 93 years old today. Greatest living actor of our generation? Uh, Up there pretty high. Yeah, one of them. I don't know. I don't know greatest, but pretty elite, no doubt. Pretty close. I, I, I don't know, man. That's, that's tough to beat out, uh, you know, Leonardo and guys. That's true. I- why am I blanking? He's here, my per- George Clooney. Them. He is my personal favorite. Lex Luthor, though. Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor and Superman, fantastic. Also, happy birthday to the legend Andy Pinch. And Andy, you are a rock star. Quick break. When we come back, we're all in on your text next.